So today, we're, we're in this last installment of our series that we're calling uh, You Asked For It. And it is based off of a survey you, you did on Easter where you gave us some feedback and you told us some topics that would really be helpful for you. And, and this is our final installment. Last week, we talked about uh, how to get out of a rut, right? How to get out of a spiritual rut. And next week, uh, is a is a uh, just a message that I'm bringing on the state of the church. Where are we at City Hope? What what is God doing here? What has He done? We're going to celebrate what He's done, and we're going to celebrate where we're at now and where He's taken us. So that's going to be a weekend you don't want to miss. It's going to be good. And then our next series, Summer at City Hope, kicks off on Father's Day. All right, yeah, come on, dads, yeah. So uh, so that's happening. Uh, but today we're talking about how to deal with difficult people. And my desire, my goal for you today, what I want to help you do today is help you figure out how to counter the crazy makers in your life. Can I get a witness? And so what I need you to do is just turn to your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you're here today. <laughs> and, and then... And then turn to your second choice, the person you ignored the first time, and, and just tell them, this message is for you today. No, may, maybe not. It might not be for them, but, but it might be. You never know. So, so we, we're talking about how, how, to, how to deal with difficult people. And um, I just want to see what the Bible says about, about it. In 2 Timothy, it actually uses the Two words together, difficult people. And Timothy, he starts out by saying, again, I say. So, in other words, he, he wouldn't say that unless he's already told the, the people. I'm, I'm telling you again, like when I was a kid, we had this rhyme. And it was, if I've told you once, I told you a thousand times. If I have to tell you again, I'm going to whoop you behind, right? It was like this. That's what my mom probably always felt when she was telling us, don't do that. I've told you once. I've told you a thousand times. So he says, I've told you already. Don't get involved in foolish, ignorant. Come on, that's, that's a good word. Ignorant is just meaning I'm, I'm talking about things I don't know anything about. Don't get involved in these ignorant arguments uh, that only start fights. They only lead to quarrels. It only goes downhill. A servant of the Lord, which is us, if we believe in Jesus, we're servants of the Lord. We shouldn't quarrel, but we, we ought to be kind to everyone. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Jesus, are you sure this is the, the right Bible? I mean, like, are you sure you meant to put that in there? And he goes on to say, gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Here's how you deal with with difficult people, you gently instruct them. You don't combat them with the same energy that they came at you. Oh, you're coming at me? Well, I'm, I'm fixing to come at you. How about that? What? Right? You don't do that. That doesn't work with difficult people. You, you gently, and, gently instruct. And maybe, perhaps God would change their hearts if you do it this way. And they'll learn the truth. Because they, they won't learn it by you getting all defensive and and coming back at them, they're not going to learn that. And, and it says, if you do this, then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. So they're being difficult because they've been trapped by the enemy. Are you with me? They've believed a lie about something. They have, they have believed an untruth. And, and so they're, they're trapped in this way of thinking. And he, and he says, 
they're in this trap because they've been held captive by the devil, by him to do whatever he wants to do. And so we, we can all, here's the truth, we can all be difficult at times. Can we just acknowledge that? Can we just say, yeah, I can be difficult, and you can be difficult at times. And it kind of reminds me of this story of, of a guy who, he was a grown man, and, and uh, he had been dealing with some difficult people in his life. He went to stay with his mom one weekend. He's a grown man, but he, he just wanted to go stay, stay with mom. And, and they spent the night on a Sunday night and, or a Saturday night. Wakes up on Sunday morning. His mom says, all right, let's go to church. And he said, I'm not going to church. And she said, yes, you are. I, you grew up in my house. You're a grown man now. And the rule was, as long as you stay in my house, you've got to go to church. And he said, I don't want to go to church. I'm a grown man. Mom, you can't make me go to church. She says, why don't you want to go to church? And he said, but I just don't like the people. They're difficult. And she said, but you're the pastor. I don't feel that way about y'all. I just want you to know I love you. I, I, I have, there is not any part of me that feels like, I just don't want to go to church today. I love this place. But, you know, some guys aren't as blessed as we are to have a church so unified as this one. But I, I share that story because we all, like, we all have difficult people that we have to deal with. And Max Licato said it this way. He said, some people are called to be missionaries of misery sent into our world to wreak havoc. You ever felt like somebody went to growth track and they, they went to step two and they found, that the, they found that their purpose in life was to make you miser miserable? You ever felt like that before? Like my whole purpose in life. Like we, we've, we've been there before. And that's not, that's not the way it works, but we feel it. And so here's what I think we have to do today. We have to kind of understand difficult people. And if we can have an understanding of difficult people, I think, I think then we're going to be able to, to see where they're coming from. And we'll be able to see where we are difficult sometimes as well. Because here's the truth. Hurting people hurt people. The, they may have blown up on you. They may have, like, they, they may have just lost their cool. And you feel like the reason they lost their cool was A, but what you don't know is there's something deeper. There's, there's something under the surface that you can't see a reason why they lost their cool that it's, it's hard for you to know so you the little thing that caused them to blow up really wasn't the thing that caused them to blow up Are you following me it's like you ever seen these videos before where people go nuts at a fast food restaurant over their order being wrong and they're like they start just doing the most ridiculous things like somebody comes up in Popeye's and they're like I've I ordered, I ordered a five-piece, and you gave me a three-piece. And then they just start going crazy because they got their order wrong. And then they're like, where are my biscuits? You didn't give me my biscuits. Somebody figuring to die up in here. You didn't give me my biscuits. And we, we go crazy over the biscuits, but really it wasn't the biscuits, and it wasn't the chicken. It was something else going on in that person's life that caused them to, to lash out. Do you see what I'm saying? That's just the way it is. So why are people difficult? I think people are difficult because we live in a fallen and sinful world, first of all. Romans 3.23 says that we've all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. We live in this fallen and sinful world, and we are all difficult at times. We're all guilty of it. But we also, we also have to deal with difficult people in this life because the enemy of our soul the devil, if you will. He knows the value of relationships. 
and he will do anything he can to put a wedge between them. Are you with me? Like he knows that, uh, that the point of life comes from relationships. Everything good that happens in our lives usually happens because of a relationship that we're in. Something good happened because of that. He knows that he'll do everything he can to put a wedge between relationships and to make things difficult. We are relational beings. We were created for community. That's why we get married. That's why we have kids. That's why we join sports clubs and we we join country clubs and we go to these social gatherings and we eat out at restaurants that have like just ridiculous amounts of people because we are relational people. We like to be with others. We like that. And the enemy knows that about us. And here's what I know is that life is always better when we're, with, when we're together with somebody else. It always is. Relationships are where we find the greatest joy in life, but it's also where we find the greatest wounds in life. Are you following me? It's the greatest joy, but it's also the greatest wounds. And these wounds are caused by conflicts. Something happens, and it kind of pushes us over the edge. It causes us to distance ourselves. You could go back a couple weeks and watch a message about forgiveness. And I talk about a progression of unforgiveness there, and, and this would help you understand that. But we, we, we begin to look at others through this lens of hurt, this lens of pain, and this lens of what happened to us. And we begin to project how we feel about this person onto everybody else. We begin to project what they did to us and how we were wronged over here. And we start looking through these lenses at everybody else in our lives. And, and sometimes that causes us to be the difficult ones. It causes us to see others through an unhealthy lens. It causes us not to trust. It causes us to project our hurts and our pains on others. So I, I got a few visuals today I wanted to bring, bring with you. The, the first one is this, this visual. These are some lenses. This is, this is the lens of magnification. Come on, y'all. These are, the, these are the glasses that we look through. This is the lens of magnification where everything's a big deal. Oh, 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 I know what you really meant when you said that. Oh, no, no, what I really meant was this. No, no, I read between the lines. And you make big deals out of everything. You, make, you, ma- you major on minors. And you make big deals. Uh, everything's a big deal. And, and, and it, it's crazy, right? And we look crazy. I look crazy. I look, you look at me. Everything's, everything's big. Nothing can stand on its own because it's a big deal. What'd you really mean? Why'd you really say that, right? And then there's the lens of the lens of offense or offense, right? The lens of offense. Like we've been offended in some way, and so we just look at everybody through this lens of hurt and pain. And I don't trust you because he did this to me. And and the last relationship I was in, the last friendship, and we look through these lenses of of what's wrong. And how bad things always seem to happen to us. The lens of offense. And then, this is my favorite. I love this one. I'm going to turn around so y'all can't see it. It's the lens of me, myself, and I. Oh, look at me. It's all about me. You know that. 
how is this relationship going to benefit me? Like, you're being difficult, but don't you know it's all about me? Life is supposed to be all about what I want and getting my own way. And, and these are fun, man. You can't be ignored when you're wearing these bad boys. You, everybody notices you, and they're fun. Hey, next time you're having a bad day, just wear these into the staff meeting. You might get fired, but it'll, it'll be fun, right? Yeah. This is the lens of me, myself, and I. It, it's just all... It's all about me. So when we wear those lenses, when we look through the lens of magnification, everything's a big deal. The lens of offense, how I've been hurt, and the lens of, it's all about me, selfishness. We begin to, uh, it can cause us to take on different types of behavior. And so I wanted to share with you a list of, of different types of behavior. These lenses that we look through cause us to behave in a certain way. And some of them are funny, but really it's all serious. And, and some people may act this way, or maybe you act this way because of the lenses you're looking through. The first one is the hammer. This is the hammer. This is like, you're wrong, I'm right. I told you so, right? It's aggressive, it's hostile, it's harsh, it's... it's expressing yourself through intimidation, right? You make sure you know it's your way or the highway. You criticize, you attack people, or they criticize and they attack you. Maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a, a spouse or a teammate, something like that, but, but it's the hammer. It's hammer time. I'm not even gonna try that. I'm not even trying hammer time. Not, not a good idea. Hammer time. Uh, and then there's the megaphone. The megaphone, man, this, this person just talks, 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 just, just yap, 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 yap. Just, they will talk you into submission. Now, you don't want to get in a headlock, but they will talk you into getting into a headlock because they just talk so much, and you're finally like, okay, that's a great idea. You just do it because they, they talk, and you're like, I just want you to be quiet. That's all. Just be quiet. It's, it's the chatterbox, right? And then there's, this is a good one, the bubble buster, this one's, this one's it's crazy because this person, they never can see the positive in something. They're always deflating. Like You're like, man, did you see Johnny today? He scored three goals in his soccer game. And they're like, yeah, but number five on the other, other team was running circles around Johnny. And you're like, well, dude, that was, that was harsh. They deflate all the time. Like, hey, man, uh, I had a great day at work. It was just so good. I had a great day. Yeah, but I heard him talking about firing you in the break room. Jeez. Just bust my bubble, why don't you? Just, just don't let me down easy. Just, just bust my bubble. And then there's the volcano. This person is, it's anger. It, it, they spew hot, scorching lava language everywhere. It's just, it, it, it's toxic. It's hurtful. It's volcanic. I've probably, I've been subject to that maybe a time or two in my life, but I've probably done it a time or two in my life, maybe more than a time or two. I'm just, I don't know. We've all, like the next one is the space cadet. Come on, y'all. Nobody's home here. Like, they don't even know anybody else is on planet Earth. It's just like, you try to talk to them and they're like, Hello. Are you there? Nobody's there. They just, they're in their own world. And then there's the clam. The clam is when you just like silent treatment. I'm just turning my back on you. I'm like, I, I've got no, I ain't got nothing to say to you right now. I'm just turning my back on you. Just, just giving that 
that feeling like you're not worthy of what I have to say, even if I wanted to say something. I'm not going to give you the benefit of knowing what's in my heart right now, clamming up. And then there is the nitpicker. Oh, the nitpicker. This dude, he, he does this. Like, baby, did you see that blade of grass that is a little too long in the yard? And just go, like, like always looking for the worst in everything nitpicking everything. This could be better. Highly critical, but usually not willing to do anything about it themselves. Always finding something to complain about. Pointing out the mistakes of other people. Nitpicking. Unreasonably perfectionist. Unreasonably a perfectionist. And then the next one is, is the crybaby. Oh, so cute, but so annoying. Come on, y'all. So cute, but so annoying. This person cries to gain control. It's, it's all about getting control, getting what they want, right? We do, the, we do this with our kids. They cry, what do we do? Here's the bottle, right? And even when, even when they grow out of that and it's not about the bottle anymore, we're giving them phones and we're giving them this and always just giving them the control that they want. This is the crybaby. Then there's the user, which is... It's on a whole nother level. This is toxic. This, this is where it's all about manipulation. Like, and, and I get to this point because I've looked through lenses of magnification or lenses of offense or lenses of all about me, right? And then there's the garbage collector. This guy, he, he won't forget a thing. I mean, he's dwelling on stuff from 1962, Right? It, this is Uncle Rico. Back in 82, I could throw a pigskin a quarter mile. <laughs> That's impossible, by the way. I'm just uh, Uncle Rico said it. He said, how much you want to bet I can throw, the, throw this football over them there mountains? Yeah. Probably not going to happen, Uncle Rico. But that's, this, that's the garbage collector. He's, he's gathering up all the things that have happened in his life, and he takes it from relationship to relationship, to, from conflict to conflict, from conversation to conversation, and he spews it out. And he, it's always about what's happened to him. It's always about the past. And, he, and he, he says, I remember that time in 65 when you ate the last piece of pizza. And it wounded me. It hurt me. And you're like, hey, man, you've been holding on to that since 65? Really? But people are like that. They, they, they do that. So in each one of these types of behavior, so in each one of these people, we get to choose how are we going to respond. And we can, we can come at them the same way they, they come at us. Are oh, you going to cry about it? I'll cry about it too. Or we, we can choose a different path. We can choose a different way. We can choose uh, our response. So I want to give you three quick choices. What are my choices? Number one, you can choose to curse it in your notes. You can, you can choose to curse it. You can, you can choose to live angry about it. Let it dictate your day. You can curse it. You can choose to nurse it. And that's where you just say, like you, you just keep feeding it until it, it becomes really a bigger, a bigger deal than what it really is. Like you, you just keep coddling it. Oh, this is my little care. This is my pet care. Right? You, you just, you, just you, you wear it like a, like a proud piece of jewelry. You nurse it. Take care of it. You won't let it die. You, you nurse it, though. This isn't in your notes, but it rhymes, so it's good. You know that, right? It, you nurse it because you rehearse it 
You continually play it over in your mind over and over again. And then the third thing is that you, you can choose to reverse it. You can choose not to go that way. You can choose not to play that game. So I, I did this to my son in the first service, and it embarrassed him so much. A little rap. All right, y'all ready? Come on. I'll just imagine. You can curse it. Nurse it. Reverse it. Right? You, you can curse it. I'm just messing with y'all. Y'all need to have a little bit of fun. Come on. A little fun in church. Come on. Uh, uh, uh. My 12-year-old was sitting on the front row, first service, hands in his head. God. Dad. Dad. Stop. That's what dads do, though. We, we have fun, and we embarrass our kids. That's what we do. All right, moving on, moving on. We've had a little bit of fun. Curse it. All right, so here's what we've got to do. For the rest of our time today, what I want to do is just kind of show you, I want to explore what the Bible says about our biblical response. When we're dealing with difficult people, when we're dealing with difficult people, what's the Bible say? Number one, it says, um, I'll say it this way, realize you can't please everybody. Realize you can't please everybody. That's the first one. Jesus knew this, and in John chapter 5, verse 30, he says, I can't do anything by myself. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself. So he's saying, I'm not living for me. I'm not living for everybody else, but for him who sent me. And that's where we have to get to as believers. When we're dealing with difficult people, we have to know I can't please everybody. I'm going to let somebody down. This decision's going to rub this guy the wrong way. This decision's going to hurt this person over here. What I do over here isn't going to make sense to this guy. I can't make everybody happy, but I can live to make the Lord happy. And, and that's where we ought to be. And listen, that doesn't give you an excuse to just be rude and crude and, 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 and hurt people. It, it's not that way. But at the end of the day, it's all about pleasing God not pleasing man. Amen? So we got to realize we can't please everybody. Number two, we have to refuse to play their game. When you're dealing with a difficult person, maybe it's all about the drama, the lies, the manipulation, the hurts, the pains. And you just have to say, I'm not going to play this game. I'm not going to do it. Jesus did this. Uh, it says in John chapter 2, verse 24, Jesus had been, he had death threats. They were constantly trying to, trying to plot to, to take his life. And he just didn't trust them. Why? Because he knew all about people. He had a small group of people that he could trust. And that's what small groups are about today. People you can trust that you can do life with. He had that in the 12 and even in the 3. But he knew, he knew that he just couldn't trust everybody. Why? Because they, it was all about drama for them. And, and maybe the difficult person in your life, it's all about the drama. And, and you've just got to decide, I'm not going to play that game. I'm not going to go down that path. And we see this all the time in, in social media. Somebody says something. Maybe somebody posts something. You see it as you're scrolling through Facebook on your two-hour-a-day scrolling habits, right? 
two to four hours, however long. You're somewhere in there. And uh, <laughs> guilty also. Um, but you're scrolling. You see something. Oh, no, she didn't. And then you, your, your mind starts thinking about, oh, I got to let her know. I'm thinking to let her know what she said was wrong. And you start typing. You hit send. And then guess what? It owns you. For the rest of the day, you're like, I, I can't stop thinking about it. You start, you keep checking it. Oh, let me see the update. Oh, and you start going again because you're playing the game. And, and, and we just got to say, no, thanks. I'm not, I'm not going there. What I'm going to do is, number three, I'm going to rise above it. I'm going to rise above it. I, I don't have to play like that. This, this isn't. This isn't really social, what we're doing on social media. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going there. I'm going to rise above this. And Jesus, he did that. He, he rose above it. He wouldn't play their game. In fact, in, in, in the Older Testament, the, the Old Covenant, as we call it, the Old Testament, Isaiah 40 says, Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up on wings like eagles. They will grow. They will walk and not, they'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. So he says, if you'll just wait on God, if you'll, if you'll wait on him, if you'll serve him, you're going to go to a whole nother level. Come on. You're going to rise on wings like eagles. And here's the truth. You can't, you can't soar with the eagles if, we're, if you're clucking with the chickens. You can't do it. You're down here like you, you're playing their game, chicken dancing, and the, the eagles, of man, it's, it's a whole different ball game for them. You can't soar at the next level. You can't rise above it if you're down here playing their games rising above it is is you just simply saying i'm not going to get involved in the turmoil the jealousy the malice the gossip all that i'm just no thanks right and then when you're dealing with difficult people you never retaliate and this is a painful one this is a this this one hurts because we want to retaliate. There's part of us that wants them to pay for what they did. Can, can you just say yeah for that? Do you believe, yeah, well, there's part of us that feels that way. I want, them, I want them to suffer a little bit. And that's not, that's not the gospel. The Old Testament said eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. But then Jesus, Jesus taught a different way. And then Peter even tells us, when, when somebody does you wrong, don't repay their evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. But you don't know what he did. He called me out on social media. He, he did this to me at work. She said this at home. But you don't retaliate. Here's what you do. Instead, you pay them back with a blessing. Pastor Ben, are you sure that's the right translation you're reading from? That doesn't sound real good. Yes, pay them back with a blessing. Why? Because that's what God's called you to do. Why should I pay him back with a blessing? Because God called you to do that. And when you do it, he's going to grant you his blessing. Hey, that's good news right there. When you step out in faith, when you don't retaliate, he's going to, he's going to pay you back with, with his blessing. So years ago, um, we, we were... Um, I guess maybe it was 10 or 12 years ago. We were serving at our church in Alabama. And there was a couple who decided that uh, they didn't want to be at our church anymore. And they left. And they weren't just a couple. They were friends of ours. They were our best friends. And it hurt like crazy because 
it was what we would call hogwash. You know what I'm saying? Just a bunch of hogwash. Just the reason they left was like, man, for real? That's, that's not true. That's, that's hurtful. And it was a period of, of we were just dealing with some hurts and pains. And it was a few years later, we, we lost their friendship. They didn't want to be friends anymore. So they, we were at a restaurant eating at a hibachi grill in Fultondale, Alabama, a place called Sticks. And this couple came in with another couple that we knew. And they were having dinner. And my first thought is, I hope you choke on that steak. <laughs> None of you ever thought anything like that, though. No, I don't know if I thought that, but uh, I, probably, I probably did. And about, about the time I thought that, the Lord just kind of said, well, hey, why don't you pay for their dinner? And I'm like, God, I'm not fitting to pay for, the, for their hibachi steak dinner up in here. I'm not about to do that. And we kind of wrestled about it for, for a little bit. And I just really felt like the Lord was putting on my heart to pay for, for those two couples' dinners. And so I was able to get their server and say, hey, I just want to pay for their, their meal. You don't have to tell them who it's from. And you, you know what? Do, do you know what happened after that? Nothing changed. <laughs> we didn't become friends after that. But there was a difference in my heart. Because I didn't retaliate. I, 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 didn't, I didn't wish the bad things would happen to them. I may have thought it, but uh, I, I, I didn't. When, when, when things were said in public, I just didn't defend myself. Why? Because God's my defender. And I figure he'll, he'll, he'll take care of that part. We don't retaliate. We're Christians. Jesus could have retaliated. If anybody could have retaliated, it was Jesus. He's hanging on the cross. He's dying for sins that he didn't commit. And here he is. He could have, he could have said, you know what? All you Pharisees, you're going to be mice. And your wives are going to be cats. Mm-hmm. That's retaliation. He didn't do that, though. That would have been weird and crazy. It would have been, would have been crazy. So we, we can't, we don't retaliate. That's not who we are as Christians. Number five is um, when we're dealing with difficult people, we release them. We release them. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing, right? They don't know, God. We release these people who've hurt us. You see, our, our flesh wants to do unto others exactly what they have done to us. But the Bible tells us that we are to do unto others what we would have them do unto us. Do you see the difference? We want to do to them as they have done to us, but we're called to do unto them as we would have them do to us. We've got to learn to release the, the, the difficult people. Here's the truth. You can't fix people. You're over here trying. You're over here like, well, what we got to do is we got to have this meeting, like an intervention. Or we got to do this and we got to do, no, you can't. You can't fix people. And you definitely can't fix stupid, right? You ever heard that before? You just can't fix stupid. It's true. But I'm not calling difficult people stupid. You can't, you can't fix people. You've got to give them to God. Matthew 5 says, I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for them. Lift them up. Let, let me say it this way. When you pray for difficult people, you are going to see them differently. All of that hurt and all of that pain, all of that, maybe there's seeds of hatred in you towards somebody, but you, when you pray for them, 
You can't hate them at the same time. You can't pray for them and despise them at the same time. What you're going to find is that the Lord begins to work on your heart. And he begins to soften your heart. And he begins to do something in your life. And here's the reality is that you never know what people are going through. You never know what people are dealing with. Years ago, um, Garrett, our oldest son, he's almost 13 now. We were playing basketball back in Alabama. And he was five or six maybe. And and, uh, we're in the league where the coaches are the referees. It's developmental. So you don't need a... um, a referee, the coaches kind of call the, call the fouls and call the double dribbles and things like that. And our friend Craig was coaching the other team. And, and then another lady, a friend, was, was on our team. And the lady on our team, who was a friend, didn't like the way that Craig was calling. And, he was, and, 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 and she didn't like how he was letting some things pass. And, and not blowing the whistle on this or that. And so she stood up in front of everybody in, in the basketball court. And the game stopped as she just belittled him. And up one side, down the other, name-calling, just awfulest things. And these are our friends. And I, I'm just sitting here watching and going, this is, not, this is not her. Why is she doing this? Why is she acting this way? And my friend Craig's just like, hey, I, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't even know what to say right now. And I told Annalise as we were walking out that day, I said, something's not right. I said, like, I can't, I can't believe that this little basketball game with five and six-year-olds is enough to push somebody over the edge to act this way. I said, something else has got to be going on in her life. And Annalise, it was then that she said, well, her mom just found out she has cancer. And this is where we come to in life where we, we think maybe that other person's just being difficult, but we don't know the whole story. And you just, you, why are you acting that way? We don't realize that her mom just got bad news. And she needed, what she needed was somebody to talk to, but what she did was take it out on somebody who didn't deserve it. And we do that sometimes. We, we all are capable of, of yelling at the ref like she did. And so that brings me to number six. If we're going to love difficult people, if we're going to deal with them in the right way, we have to live redemptively. Live redemptively. Another way to say it is forgive. We we have to learn to forgive. A few weeks ago we talked about forgiveness, the importance of, of not making somebody else pay for their sins. We talked about the importance of giving, like be, being able to, to freely give forgiveness to somebody simply because we have freely received forgiveness from God. And you're going to find, here's what you're going to find, that the more you forgive, the easier it becomes. To, to, to walk with difficult people means you have to walk in forgiveness. And the more you forgive, the easier it becomes. It's like going to the gym. The more you do it, the easier it becomes. It's a routine. The, the more that you do anything, the more that you're disciplined in a certain area, it, it just becomes habit to you. And suddenly, the things that used to bother you, the things that used to set you 
on edge. The things that used to really aggravate you aren't issues anymore because you're learning to forgive. And, and this is how we deal with difficult people. It's, I, I don't know if you were looking for like a secret way to ignore them, <laughs> but this is how we deal with them. It's to live redemptively. Here's what I've come to know over the years is that people are not the problem. People are more important than the problem. Relationships are so more important than the problems that we face. So we deal with difficult people simply by walking in forgiveness, by walking in freedom. And I've come to know this too, that you're better together. You may feel, you may leave here today feeling like, man, I, what am I going to do? Like, I'm just going to have to seclude myself. I can't have any, I, I'm just going to have to avoid everybody because everybody's difficult. I, I'm just going to have to start ignoring people. That's not, that's not the answer. The answer is you're better together. You're better when you have somebody else that you can talk to. You're better when you have somebody that you can trust and that somebody that you can say, hey, I'm dealing with this difficult person over here. I need you to pray for me. I need you, I need you to speak some life into me. I need you to hold me accountable because I, I responded in an ungodly way today. We're better when we're together. And that's why you need to be in a small group. It's why you need somebody in your life who, who can encourage you and speak life into you. It's why we need people in our lives to point us to our purpose. And that happens through small groups. So what I want to do first is just pray for you. I just want to pray for those who are, maybe you're dealing with a difficult person today. Maybe this week you've got a meeting. Maybe it's this afternoon. Maybe it's a family member. And it's somebody that you're, you're constantly butting heads with. and You didn't really think that it was an issue of forgiveness, but maybe it is. And it's been difficult for you. So would you bow your heads with me today? And if you're here today, you say, Ben, I, I've got some difficult people in my life. Man, I just, I need prayer. I need wisdom and I need understanding. If that's you, just lift up your hand. Let me see it real quick. God bless you. And keep your hands up because I'm going to pray for you while your hands are in there. I'm just going to pray for you. God, I thank you for every one of these people who would say, that's me. Ben, I, I, I've got some difficult relationships, some people in my life that are, they're the crazy makers, Lord. It's frustrating and it, it's wearing me out. And so God, I'm praying for them today that you would give them grace and strength and peace and let your power rest on them today. Lord, we choose today that we are not going to retaliate. We're going to recognize that we can't please everybody. We're going to refuse to play the game. We're going to rise above it. We're going to have Christ-like character today, tomorrow, and the next day. Lord, we're going to, we're simply going to rely on you and, and your power and your strength. And we're going to listen to your voice and we're going to hear your way. And we're going to, we're going to live redemptively. We're going to release them from the hurts and the pains. And we're not going to see them through the lens of magnification where we make big deals out of things. We're not going to see them through the lens of offense and selfishness. God, we're going to see them as you see them. Help us to do that, Father. I pray for testimonies that today there'll be some there'll be some re reconciliation there'll be some friendships that are reunited that there'll be some 
some marriages that come together, some relationships that find peace and they find community. I'm praying for every one of these people today that they would find a person to lean on, a person to count on through small groups. I give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, with your heads bowed, your eyes still closed, if you're here today and you say, Ben, I'm the difficult one. Like, man, I I don't know Jesus. I don't even have a relationship with him. And I'm ready today. Like, I'm ready to surrender. I'm ready to give my life to him, to quit doing it my way. I'm ready to lay all those kinds of behaviors aside that we talked about. I'm I'm just ready for relationship with Jesus. I'm ready for life change. I'm ready to repent and turn from my way and follow his way. If that's you, you're ready for that life change today. Just lift up your hand. God bless you. Thank you. Who else? Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? Thank you so much. God bless you. In the back, I see you back there. Anybody else? I'm ready for life change, Ben. I'm ready to give my life completely. Amen. Amen. Hey, let's say this prayer together. Say, Jesus, I surrender. My life is yours, not mine. I give it to you. Will you forgive me? Will you cleanse me? Will you make me new? Give me a fresh start. I repent. I change my mind, not my way, but your way. I'm going to follow you all my days. I surrender. My life is yours from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen.